It's a positive film. It has heroes and villains, and uh, that it essentially uh, is a fun movie to watch. It's been a long time since people have been able to go to the movies and see a sort of straightforward, wholesome, fun adventure. Well, it's a fantasy. It's not science fiction so much as it is space fantasy, and it's about people. It's about. It's finally about people and not finally about science. The story, when you actually put it into words, is only so much nonsense to hang a great visual experience onto. It's the stuff that fairy tales are made of. Sort of boiling down religion into a very basic concept: uh, the fact that there is some deity or some power or some force. That sort of controls our destiny,、uh, works for good and also works for evil. Marvelous, healthy innocence, great taste, wonderful to look at, full of guts, nothing unpleasant. I mean, people go bang bang and people fall over and dead, but you know, no horrors. A sort of wonderful freshness about it, a kind of like a wonderful fresh air. It's got whatever you want it to be. It's a, it's pure entertainment. It's like a roller coaster ride, and it can be interpreted as long as you enjoy it, which is the intention. Welcome back to Generation Skywalker, and if、uh, this is Book Month Epilogue, the final episode of our、uh, Book Month over the course of September, and like all the other Generation Skywalker shows we've had, we have got same members of Generation Skywalker with me. We've got Jez. Good evening, Jez. Good evening, Stu. Good evening, lads. Good evening, everyone.、Uh, we've also got Craig. Good evening, Craig. Hello. Nice to hear your、uh, chirpy tone as well. Oh yes. And Daniel. Good evening, Dan. Good evening.、Uh, first of all, I just just want to apologise. We did have、uh, a couple more interviews lined up, but due to my circumstances, I was unable to record them. But I have been in comms with both of the last two interviews, and they will be out in the next over October, November、uh, time. Two fantastic interviews to come. They will be taking place. But boys, when this goes out, along with the modern and the vintage show, there have been eight shows gone out this month. Ignoring the vintage and modern shows, let's just talk about the book shows. What what was all your highlights? It was always good to get an idea from other people to sort of wet the whistle of EU. That really did because it's not an area which I've gone into before. But the highlights for me are just yeah, finding about your own collecting books, what what you like. And、uh, what you think is definitely worthy of me spending my money on? Yeah, I mean it's it's been a very busy month, hasn't it? It's been a lot of fun. I think from from a personal point of view, from a being involved point of view, I really enjoyed chatting to Rich about his kind of EU novels. It's a long time since I've revisited those and, and, and had any opportunity to chat about them, so I really kind of enjoyed that. From a listening point of view, I really enjoyed the Steve Sansweet interview because I I wasn't involved in that, so I got to hear that you know like a proper listener,、uh, and that was great just to hear him、uh, chat about the books he's written and sort of some of the stories behind that. Really, really, really interesting. 
I think same again. The Sand Suite interview. Obviously, I was I was part of that, but you did all the I think you did all the heavy lifting. I just made cracks about children's underwear. But other than that, yeah, the uh, I really enjoyed the show you did with Mark Newbold talking about the uh, the Thrawn trilogy. I thought that was that was great and brought back a lot of memories. It's been good fun. Certainly something I would do again. If I amazed you, the Sand Suite one was a real coup, and I thought you guys did a great job. And it was lovely to hear the, the sort of hot off the press. The, yeah, the, the coup which we had with regards to what they're working on. I thought that was brilliant. But yeah, going back to the Thrawn and the whole EU thing, as I said, that's an area I've not been into before. So hopefully any other listeners who weren't immersed in that world before, such as me, have also had their eyes uh, open. So it was really, really interesting. Discover all new adventures, all the wonder, all the characters you love in the best-selling Star Wars novels. Thrill to these all-new adventures, true to the spirit that inspired us all. Read a Star Wars novel today, and let the Force be with you. Don't miss the new Star Wars novel, The New Rebellion, now a Bantam hardcover. I just want to take us back to the opening show. We all brought a book to the table, didn't we, that night, and discussed why it was our favourite book. And this month has inspired me to go and and purchase some books. I did go away. I bought The Essential Reader's Companion, which obviously Craig brought to the table. It's a fantastic, if you're into your literature, it's a fantastic book to have in your library. So much uh, information and it is beautifully laid out. And I also went and bought the Craig Miller book, which, Jez, I know you're firmly in love with and been enjoying. And you're right, I, li- I like the way the stories are only like two, three pages. They're very, you know, you can digest them really quickly and easily uh, when you're just sitting around. But... I've also added Gus and Duncan's cast and crew book. Um, I know it's not one we talked about, but I did add that. I was just wondering if you boys have been inspired to go and buy anything. Um, now, Dan, I know you were, were talking about getting a couple of Gus and Duncan's books during the Collecting Guides show. Yeah, I followed up on that and I've got them both here already. They came really quick. So I've got the uh, Comprehensive Guide to Star Wars Collectibles and the Prototypes book. And I also got a bargain on eBay. I got the Star Wars Vault for 12 quid. Yeah, it's a good book. It is awesome. What's it's your favourite out of the three? Uh, at the minute, I'd say it's the vault. I was really surprised. It's kind of like the the scrapbook on steroids. It was the I think the the cover up put me off. It's that terrible episode three Vader that's skinny and not at all built like David Prowse. And uh, I, I I think I skipped it because of that. But yeah, it is. It's like the the scrapbook on steroids. It's a bit of a stupid question, really, wasn't it? It's always going to be the Sanskrit book. <laughs> <laughs> so we've, uh, we know that too well now. Jez, also you during the collecting guides was browsing eBay. Did you uh, click the <laughs> click the button yeah i got the concept screen collectibles which i've had so many people talk about in the past and it was just great to hear you guys talking about that it's a great book uh, already i started sort of bedtime reading just having a little look at some various things and again the whole mix of information coupled with some really great images it's a really really well put together book which is um, i'm yet to complete i'm really enjoying going through it yeah, because you've got to remember that's 28 years old as well. So a lot of stuff's been discovered since that book. But that was the pioneer book, really, wasn't it? Of its time. But yeah, good pickup. And Craig, have you added anything? I haven't had time to go buying and reading books this month. It's been uh, <laughs> it's been full on. Um, I don't have to buy the Craig Miller book because Jez seems to be serialising that with a little story in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> I would be interested in, in reading that. And I still, yeah, I, I do want to uh, explore the making of books that, that you brought to the table, Stuart. It's definitely, I need to I need to make some room on the shelf for those. Uh, and I've still got my eye on uh, a new proof. I need to go and uh, join that Kickstarter. In my well, I, I back that 
couple of days ago myself the um, new proof kickstarter because i also heard that um even if it doesn't make its its full money the people that have backed it he's going to work it somehow that they do get a copy of the book so i don't know how he's doing that but definitely if you're interested in a new proof this could be your last chance to get it by the sounds of it you you will get it whether he hits that target or not but if you haven't uh, backed it and you do want it go and get involved because it's actually quite reasonably priced compared to some of the books that are coming out at the moment i need to get on that we should be having Matthias on towards the end of october beginning of november time to um, come and discuss that book and the follow-up book so it looks like we've all been uh, pretty engrossed in the book because I finished Dr. Aphra. Really, really enjoyed it in the end. Didn't like her character to start with. But I also um, started reading the X-Wing book that Rich recommended. It was his favourite book. Haven't quite grabbed me yet. I'm bearing with it. Did you finish your book, Craig? Because you were in the middle of reading, listening uh, to two books, weren't you? Yeah, Shadowfall, I'm still kind of, it's, it's hit pause. Uh, but I did finish Dr. Afra, and uh, yeah, I think I was of the same view. Quite grating to start with. Those kind of breaking the fourth walls, Deadpool, smart-ass characters are kind of quite hard to get right. And it was a little bit, felt a little bit overwritten at times, a bit overacted yeah. because it was the audio book. But it, it does settle down, and it is quite an enjoyable romp. So uh, yeah, glad I stuck with it. I think the, the time period it's set in kind of saved it for me, straight after A New Hope, and the characters that were involved kind of... Um, nice and familiar weren't they so some good yeah. stuff later go and check that out if you haven't checked that out hi i am sarah kuhn and i'm so excited to tell you that i wrote the star wars audiobook original afra starring everyone's favorite rogue archaeologist dr afra our story is based on this series of Darth Vader comics by Kieran Gillen and Salvador LaRocca. And it's all about what happens when Afra ends up working for Darth Vader and has all kinds of adventures. And now I'm going to read you something because I tried to memorize this and it did not go very well. I love Afra because she is the definition of chaos. She never looks before she leaps. She is always seeking thrills and she is charming to a fault. You never really know exactly what she's going to do, which means that personally, I think she's having the most fun of anyone in the Star Wars galaxy. In writing this story for the audio format, I really wanted to put us firmly in Aphra's POV. What we hear is all filtered through her very colorful lens. And she is, of course, the most unreliable narrator ever. I had such an amazing time expanding this story to delve into her relationships, her past, her feelings, even though she would probably be the first person to tell you that she doesn't have feelings. And while Afra is to me the most exciting character, there are a lot of other exciting characters in this story. Um, her favorite murderous droid sidekicks, Triple Zero and BT, her old flame, Sonastaros, they are all in there. And this will be a dynamic audiobook, complete with a full cast of your favorite Star Wars narrators and possibly some exciting new voices. Afra will be published as a full cast audiobook July 21st by Penguin Random House Audio with Del Rey and Disney Lucasfilm. Now, obviously, over on uh, our social media, you may have seen the old book cover competition, which uh, Craig's been leading. Now, Craig, I'm going to let you lead this little section. Take us through the book cover competition, the results, 
how it went. I'm just going to hand the reins over to you. Wow, thanks. Yeah, this was a, a great opportunity to uh, flex our uh, flex our muscles in a different medium. We, we talked about doing something with, with EU and EU book covers quite early on, I think, when we were talking about things we could get into. So it slotted in really nicely with having a whole themed month about books. I mean, the thing about EU is it's it's so vast and so sprawling and it's not something that you can just dip into so looking at covers we thought was a good way of uh, of, of kind of shining a light on that whole genre and a way of, that people could get involved because you didn't have, have to have read all of these things and know the intricacies of the politics going on in the galactic republic and all that kind of business you were just literally judging books by their covers so uh, it seemed uh, to make sense to have a kind of knockout um, that people get get involved in. So we have several rounds we could uh, crown a winner. Um, so that's what we've been doing through the month of September. And we've sort of included everything from the expanded universe right from the very first novel, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which was released in 1978, uh, right through to the last in the Legends line before Disney took over and capped that uh, those story threads uh, and made them... Uh, uh, legends decanonized them so the last one of those was honor among thieves which was 2014 but when you look at this stuff you know the 90s and the noughties in particular were just such a boom time for star wars literature and whether you were into it or not you know it's very telling that lucasfilm were commissioning some really renowned artists like drew struzan to create original art to sort of wrap some of these stories around and not all of the covers are brilliant far from it you know for every champions of the force there's a courtship princess leah but we wanted to put forward a few that we rated uh, and let our uh, readers and our followers on social media vote to determine an overall winner. So how did we do that? So we all put forward our two favourites from that whole era. Uh, do you know what? I don't know who's won yet, but uh, can you imagine who's the winner's got? Obviously, is probably the best person on this Skype call tonight. <laughs> yeah, a man of impeccable taste. OK, so the first round... That we uh, that we held pitted a book called More Lockdown, which was one of the later books against a classic that we've already talked about in a previous show, Hair to the Empire. And I was the champion of More Lockdown. I put that forward. It's one of the later covers. Uh, I forget exactly when it was, but it was, it was around sort of the end of the line, I think around two. 2014 and i picked it because it was something different from these the typical novel covers tend to be kind of character montages it's got a really really strong use of color um, the black and red of maul there's a, a really nice sense of symmetry so when you look at this image of maul and he's got um he's got his hands shackled and you've got these shackles coming off at angles and one round his neck very sort of gritty and, and kind of rough and kind of violent kind of topography but what i really liked about it is and when you look at all of these books you know one of the things they clearly fight against all the time is the fact that the star wars logo has to be the biggest thing on the page um and what was clever about this is that it integrates the black star wars logo into his kind of tattoos and it's unique in that respect and that's why i put it forward so it was up against hair to the empire and that was dan's choice i believe it was indeed yeah it's it's i suppose you could go back to splendor of the mind side but that's not really you is it? it started here this is the original this is where it started from um i, I remember getting this when i was i think i've been about 12 or 13 i remember seeing it and picking it up and devouring it and i think the cover's just this it's just really iconic it's got the uh the gold Star Wars logo on it. It's uh, it's got all the main characters in there, and they all look 
I suppose like they did at the end of Return of the Jedi, it's kind of following in what was it five or six years after that. Yeah, I just I really like it. So so Maul versus Hair to the Empire, an interesting match I thought from two ends of the era, one very early, one very late, and it was uh, it was quite a clear victory for Hair to the Empire. I think um, roughly I would say sixty forty, and we ran this across Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we've logged all the votes from polls and people leaving comments. So as a starting match, I think people voted with their heart a little bit. I don't think they were voting with a graphic design eye, but that's just me. The Hair to the Empire cover not- notable for being by Tom Jung, uh, who created uh, a number of posters for Star Wars. There's the Jedi poster with the exploding Death Star. That was his so you'll be familiar with his with his work. So uh, no sign as to who the artist was for Maul, but up against a, a stalwart of Star Wars art, it was always really going to go that way, wasn't it? So round two, very interesting round. Probably the closest we came to a whitewash. First, uh, first up in round one was Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Stuart, do you want to talk about how you uh, and why you put that forward? You know what? When, when I was little and used to watch Star Wars. It was all about Darth Vader when he first comes into the old tent of the corridor, the presence of him and whatnot. And I just got it off this cover. You just get it, that that big silhouette kind of towering over Luke and Leia kind of scrambling on the floor of the, the classic buns of Leia. And of course, it's a Ralph Macquarie image. I just think as a, as a book cover, it's a no-brainer to be in this competition. It's It's just such beautiful work. It's the kind of thing I would have as a poster where I wouldn't go and choose Heir to the Empire or Death Troopers to have on my wall because they're the kind of things that are picked by ignorant folk. But, um, yeah, just just depicts Star Wars to me. You look at that and you know it's Star Wars. Let's see how this is going. To be fair, Stuart, I mean, I think he played an absolute blinder. When I, when I first conceived of this, I was thinking 90s, noughties, EU, didn't really think about going back to that that very start so uh, splinter the uh, the han solo books the lando books they were all kind of in play really but i'd already picked mine and you came out with this one and i thought mm, okay that's uh, that's a strong that's a strong entry i will say before this even started it's not a coincidence that skinner rhymes with winner <laughs> that's not a coincidence and allison uh, rhymes with also ran um if you, say, <laughs> if you say it in the right context yeah <laughs> and if you mispronounce my name <laughs> But yeah, up against uh, Old Republic Deceived, one of the uh, more eyebrow-raising choices from the team. Dan, do you want to talk us through that? Oh, wait there, Dan, sorry. This was absolutely hilarious that this even made it in the top eight. just want to say that. <laughs> well, <laughs> what I was for, I, I mean, I'm not familiar with all of them, so I've had, I had to go through and do a bit of looking around. And every single one I looked at had Han, Luke and Leia painted on the cover and it's just everything was the same so i just i just went for something different and i've always liked the bad guys in star wars darth vader is my favorite character so yeah that's why i picked this one just because it was different obviously <laughs> not very popular it was i mean it was quite a landslide for uh for splinter although it did you know interestingly and it's been it's been fascinating to watch these results come through the different channels so uh instagram which which you know for our audience skews a little bit younger there was a little bit more respect for it it was a little bit more of perhaps the generation that uh, that were voting we were getting a few votes for uh for good old darth malgus but sadly so, not sorry enough. Greg. sorry i've got to come jump on. in there come on here we you go. say a bit of love <laughs> I mean, what kind of percentage are you saying? What, what you got 8% rather than 1? Because I, I saw it as well, mate. 
got it got it got twelve percent of the votes. There you go. On Twitter. On Twitter. That's on one form then. And he got thirteen percent of the votes on uh, Instagram. That's twenty five percent all overall. Got my is right. Kick on. But I think I think one of the comments because you know we look at this qualitatively as well as quantitatively. One of the comments was that deceived cover was absolute trash. I don't care. So not everyone. <laughs> It was just a really funny choice. But look at them. They've all got Han, Luke and Leia on the front of them. I'm just like, oh, God, come on. Can't they think of something different? It's just, it's, yeah, every single novel from the EU, pretty much, that's in that era has got Han, Luke and Leia on the front. I just got bored of it. And your other choice, that's another Han, Luke and Leia. Mine wasn't. You're, you're, you're just pandering to mine, the masses. Uh, my, mine wasn't. Mine's still oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So you want to wind your neck in before okay. you come out with those comments. <laughs> <laughs> You're two rounds in, it's getting violent. It's a very good point, though, Dan. I mean, and, and it was something that, that EU covers have been criticised for. You know, clearly Han, Luke and Leah sell books about aliens uh, who aren't Han, Luke and Leah because, you know, a lot of the time these covers didn't represent what was going on in the stories, which is which is why I included one of my covers. But we'll get to that in round three, which pitted Dark Force Rising against Vision of the Future. Jez, Dark Force Rising, the second of the, uh, the Thrawn trilogy. Uh, mm. You put that forward. Yeah. You look at Dark Force Rising. I mean, look at it. Yep, it's got Han, Luke and Leia. Doesn't often get put on a book cover, which is nice. And then you've also got Millennium Falcon there. Blasters all over the place. In space, you've got TIE Fighters shooting it. Uh, Star Destroyer in the background against a, a scene. Who knows where that could be? It could even be on some sort of large asteroid. There's so much going on on the cover, but it's not cramped. It's not overloaded. There's just primary characters and Thrawn but the the Falcon it just it's got so much energy about it when you look at that cover you almost feel like you want to duck because the Falcon is whoosh, straight towards you and you know never judging a book on its cover that cover's got it all it was robbed I agree with you Jez actually it's a beautiful cover I'm I'm in your camp on this one. Wonderful. I hate to disagree. I think some of the draftsmanship lets it down, um, particularly the foreshortening of Luke's limbs, which just look a little bit off to me. But uh, I put forward its its uh, contender in this round. and uh, I put forward Vision of the Future. You know, in the scheme of the EU, is uh, it's a bit of a middling book. It's a bit of a uh, story-wise. It's it's you know more stuff happening. I think it's most notable for the fact that uh, Luke and Bara agree to get married at the end. But it was the cover, and that's why we're here. We're talking about covers, and I was absolutely adamant that I wanted to put forward something by Drew Drusen because of his sterling work throughout the whole of the uh, EU book covers. And I chose this one above all the others because it was quite rare, as Dan said, in this whole genre of uh, publishing to put characters that were EU specific on the front. So you would always get Han pointing a blaster. No matter what was going on in the book, he'd be there because, you know, they could use him. And uh, and they did. You know, it clearly sold books to Star Wars fans. But, you know, in this story, Thrawn features heavily, as does Mara. And, you know, to have those on a cover felt like they were honouring this literature properly. You know, they were actually putting these characters on the, on the cover. And Drew's work speaks for itself. It has a painterly quality. There's an energy to it. The likenesses are, you know, 99% absolutely spot on. And uh, yeah, for me, out of all of his work, this one kind of was, was up there with the best. So I put that forward. And I think it was quite a tight one. I think this was quite a tight competition, but ultimately Vision won out. Congratulations. 
now I, you know you, you say about the likeness and stuff i just look at luke let's just before i come and just destroy han we look at the luke likeness he looks closer to luke from the muppet show you know when he was really really done up in loads of stage makeup or even luke from the holiday special that doesn't look like luke at all i mean that that is luke isn't it do i not know all the characters is that someone else is that luke's sister leah who has a wig it's luke and it's clearly taken from the shots of him sneaking around bespin mm, yeah it's yeah, it's it looks like a madame two swords version of luke before Madame Tussaud actually knew what they were meant to be doing and then was just like, you know, practicing. But if you'd like, I'll just go straight on to the hand. I mean, come on, what's going on there? I said to you that it was like one of those things where you you rub a balloon against a wall and put your hand on, you know, or up and down against some sort of, you know, nasty jumper. And then your hair, yes, I once was able to do this, goes on in. You know, you statically charged. Han has been statically charged because his hair is is just defying gravity. It's everywhere. Either that or he's in front of some sort of big hand dryer. Hand dryer. Amazing. Luke looks like something else. And Han, um, static haircut. Kind of ruin it for me. I, I, I know you're a big fan of the artwork, but it's just not right. Let me just check those notes again. Which which one one that I ran? Oh yes, it was that one. Okay. Yes, that, that hand dryer joke. I reckon you came up with that this morning. So moving on to round four. Uh, and Jez, don't step away from the mic just yet because you put forward Death Troopers uh, against Tales from the New Republic. Talk us through Death Troopers. It's just something a little bit different, isn't it? Because it, it's it looks like a complete spin-off between Saw and Star Wars or something out there. It's making me go, what on earth's gone on there? Death Troopers is splattered full of blood, like someone's really taken one to the jugular and, you, and you've had some sort of you know, pumping all over the place. And you, you've got two hooks suspended down. One is just there to the left of Star Wars. The other hook is through the Stormtrooper's eye lens. And he's also got a hole just in his forehead, like he's just, you know, almost been double tapped. And um, obviously it's a severed head because there's all sorts of stuff hanging down underneath the helmet. It's just gross, which makes me think, hmm, interesting. I, I want to come in here because I think this is a disgrace that this is in the eight as well, right? One, <laughs> you didn't have zombies in Star Wars. I mean, I mean, come on. It just, just makes a mockery of the whole universe. Secondly, <laughs> Star Wars is for everyone. It's a family thing. In our intro music to this show, we've got Alec Guinness saying there's no horrors. People get shot and they drop down. No blood, no guts. And that cover straight away just ruins everything that Star Wars was built. It's just, it's just a disgrace. Strong words. You say about zombies. What, what's to say that that's a zombie thing on the front cover? All right, we're, we're judging a book by its cover here. Nothing to do with zombies on the front cover. And you say it makes a mockery of the Star Wars universe. I mean, a hello. Sorry? A book in the eye. Yeah, take my my son to watch Star Wars films. I wouldn't want to see a hook going in someone's eye. Do you let your kids? Do you let your kids watch uh, Clone Wars, G? Excuse me, who's there's zombies in that. There's there's zombies in that. There's zombies. Ridiculous, isn't it? That's a good episode. This is Star Wars, and um, to promote it like that, I think I think Jezus needs to take a long hard look at himself. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on a second. So we we recently saw for those people, I'm sure if 
yeah, the, for the people who are listening to this, have also seen The Mandalorian or don't have any intention of watching The Mandalorian. So, spoiler free right now. You know, you saw the child getting backhanded by a biker scout <laughs> or punched in the face by a biker scout. That's far more concerning because that's actual, actual violence against and the was, child. And there was stormtrooper helmets on spikes in that as well. You're not showing violence, you're showing what, what could be perceived as an empty helmet which has got a little bit dirty. Someone's dropped it. It's got a little crack in it, a little hole in it. And then they're like, right, I need to, it's, it's a bit wet. Just give this a spray paint or I've got some stuff and I want to dry it. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to hang it up so it can dry. And uh, what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to hang it up underneath because it might topple and fall one way to ensure that this is hung up correctly is um, from a center of gravity point of view. Also, um, it will go through the lens. Therefore, I will be able to dry my helmet. So why didn't you go with that as the option you chose it rather than the horror you just gave as a description to start with? <laughs> oh, yeah, because it looks amazing. It's really gory. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. A <laughs> uh, couple of things on that one before we move on to uh, to, to our spaceships. I, I think it's as a, you know, with my design hat on, I think it's probably the only conceptual cover here. There's a strong idea behind it. Sets a real tone, uh, subverts the icon of the, the trooper's helmet. The EU was a broad church. I think it allowed Star Wars to experiment and go in a few different directions. A couple of horror books wasn't unprecedented. They'd done sort of junior novelizations or junior novels based on like the Goosebumps books that were popular at the time. So I think, you know, it's it's acceptable in that respect. It got my vote because it's a strong cover. But Stuart, tell us about the spaceships. Well, I saw everyone else's choices and I was just like, haven't covered. But one of the main thing of Star Wars is, I mean, everyone loves an X-Wing. Can't believe Jez hasn't chosen something with an X-Wing on, being an X-Wing pilot. Uh, X-Wings, Y-Wings, the Death Star. I mean, it's a brilliant, brilliant cover. My first cover was Vader, Luke and Leia. And this one, to me, this cover and my other cover combined are what Star Wars is. Space battles, villains and heroes. And they're all covered in my options, hence... That's why I probably have won tonight, but we don't know that yet. <laughs> Anyone like to counter Stuart's view on that cover? Let's just get on with it. Come on. We're nearly <laughs> we know where this is going. It's a bit messy, isn't it? <laughs> wow. I, this, uh, this has pr- clearly been brewing for uh, for a month. We, this is the first time we've all got together and talked about these things. This is, this is fascinating. But really interesting to hear people's views and all good, valid reasons for putting these forward. It's messy. I mean, the... the... The Empire doesn't even need to be there because they can have mid-air collisions all over the place from a flight safety point of view, from a space safety point of view. This is just dangerous already. You've got Y-wings flying into hammerheads, flying into... The the, the trajectory, that X-wing there, the primary X-wing, is going to hit that Y-wing. It's just, quite frankly, a little bit ridiculous, and I don't think they're flown in a professional manner. And there's lots of... Uh, it's just too much light going on in the background as well from a composition point of view. I just Is that the right word, Craig? You're the artist. Yeah, um, it's it, a little it's, focused, isn't it? It just seems a little bit messy. You want something clear where your eyes are taken straight to it and it's a stormtrooper of a hook for the eye. So here's how that all played out. From round one and round two, we got a match between Hair to the Empire and Splinter of the Mind's Eye, um, which was quite a... F- uh, a tight uh, a tight battle um two very very well loved books there I, I think people had a lot of connection over those so whether you were uh, only had the barest interest in the eu um or were deeply into it i think those two books in particular probably struck a chord and i think that probably had something to do with their success but there was only one winner 
and uh, and it was Splinter that uh, that won over Hair to the Empire in that round that went through to the final. The semi-final that uh, resulted from rounds three and four were Vision of the Future and Death Troopers. And again, quite tight, quite polarizing uh, um, views on these. You know, if I'm being honest, Vision of the Future it it scraped through. <laughs> it was it was touching. I think it actually drew on uh, Facebook um, neck and neck. And uh, I think it was probably only Instagram that tipped it over the edge in favour of my wonderful choice. So for the last couple of months, we've been running the uh, we've been running the contest to find out who's the overall winner. And what's been particularly nice about this, when you look at how the tournament has played out, all four of us had a had a book in the in the semis, uh, and the final came down to two absolute uh, masters of Star Wars art in Ralph McQuarrie and Drew Struzan. So you know, I was very very pleased to see those two in the final and you know actually happy for either to win so the results are in we've, we've totted up the results and pleased to announce live on air that uh splinter of the mind's eye has walked away from this competition victorious and i think it's a well-deserved win I've, I've got no problem with that result at all i think it's a wonderful cover i think it's got great <laughs> are you doing victory laps around the office do just telling the wife that i've won <laughs> just pouring the champagne as we talk yeah, well, congratulations to be on the winner's podium there. Uh, Sorry, what, what were the figures? How, how tight was it? Not tight at all. You walked away with it. So, yeah, it, 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 was, a, it was a clear winner on every platform. Uh, and we've got a few, uh, a few comments from people that we, can, uh, that, we can, that we can read out. At Alan P. Whelan on Instagram wrote, Alan Dean Foster's follow-up to the first Star Wars movies. I spotted in the window of a bookstore in Richmond one Sunday back in 78, 79. I searched high and low for it, and I had to wait a couple of months until I finally got hold of the copy. It was the cover artwork that drew me to it, and I've still got that copy on my bookshelf to this day. At Max Rebo, uh, again on Instagram, wrote, The Splinter of the Mind's Eye cover is just a classic. I love the sense of movement and action Macquarie was able to capture. I would absolutely love to see this scene captured in a movie. There were some quite good uh, comic adaptations, I think, around that cover in the, in the 90s. Uh, our friends at the Vintage Rebellion podcast wrote, it's the closest we got to Macquarie making a Star Wars film poster. Of course, both are great, but Splinter was a more rare occurrence, emblematic of the era and the scale of Lucasfilm. We've got a lovely one to finish on from Facebook from Jonathan Evans. I'm a fan of both of these incredible creators, but my favourite cover here is Splinter and by a fair margin. In many respects, the draftsmanship is not as good as the vision cover. One could even call it slightly dated. But the composition and the motion in that image is just too powerful to overlook. Vader looking down on Luke and Leah just as he'd looked down on us. Where would you be if Vader confronted you on the floor, terrified? Even reduced to a tiny thumbnail, that splinter cover conveys a whole story of fear and indomitable power. No faces to do the work, just silhouettes. It's a classic, perfect image. I've got one as well. Can I just add it to the end? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is from Mark Daniels, part of the Generation Skywalker. I'm sorry I couldn't be there for book month. I wanted to be involved. But when Stuart made his choices, I knew I couldn't compete. <laughs> well, on that note... It was close. In fairness, in fairness, boys, I think we made some good choices. The only one I wouldn't have put in there, honestly, was the um, Dan's first choice. I mean, Dan, I, I kind of get Death Troopers, but what was that? It's awesomeness. That's what it is. He's making out like he's drawn the things oh. in the first place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, Stu, you were the first person to choose the book covers. Ah, 
it was like, yeah, all right, everyone. What we're going to do is we're going to choose the book covers, and uh, I'll go first, Splinter, and uh, and then we all got to think, right, yeah, okay, yeah. So uh, yeah, cheers, Joe. Cheers, leadership. Cheers. First of all. (laughs) I wasn't. But secondly, I'd like to say to you, did you or did you not contact Craig and go, what's a book cover? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, what, I know what books are. Yeah. It's those four or five things Chew has to stand on to come to the same height as the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> step in here. Go on. It's a friendly competition. <laughs> I think uh, I think very worthwhile and lots of fun to do. Um, I've enjoyed uh, getting stuff out there and seeing the reactions. And just uh, yeah, I want to thank everybody for getting involved, taking the time to vote, especially those who've taken the time to write us a little review, little uh, thoughts as to why they think uh, certain books should win over others. So uh, thank you very much. Well done, Stuart. Well done, Craig, for putting all that together. That was a lot of effort, a lot of work on all the platforms. Could have done it about you. Maybe next year we can have a rematch. Yeah, I'm going to have Splinter. (laughs) You're only allowed book covers that have got a massive Star Wars logo on them to even the playing field. This summer, return to a galaxy at war. Star Wars Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Join our heroes, Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia, marooned on a distant world, under siege by the evil Empire. An all-new adventure. Luke, Leia, and the droids. On the hunt for a mysterious crystal. And on the run from Darth Vader. Action. Romance. And strange alien creatures. This summer, the battle continues. With Star Wars Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Well, what we did do over that time as well, though, was over the month, um, I've been stockpiling some books and we were going to run a competition. So if you got involved and voted across any of our social media, in with a chance. So I've compiled a stack of books. So they're all kind of linked to shows we did. So first of all, I've got a Rinsler making of book in the pile. Um, when it comes to C Sansweet, I've got a copy of From Concept to Screen to Collectible and the Tome Arts Guide. Uh, we've got a one of the early um, price guides, which I know I don't think it's one of the ones you bought to the actual table, Craig, but uh, it gives you that kind of sense of what the prices were like in the 80s. And then we go on to novels. I've got um, Splinter of the Mind's Eye and the vision book from the two finalists of the competition, as well as Death Troopers. <laughs> as you know, it was quite easy to find. That was uh, in the books that no one wants. And then... Uh... <laughs> there's none on eBay at the moment. I was going to buy it earlier on. I looked on eBay and there's none available. It's in your face, Skinner. We've got Vector Prime in here, which Rich chose as one of his choices. Uh, that's the book where Chewie dies. And we've got Darth Plagueis, which both Dan and Rich chose as, as their options. We've got The Force Awakens is in here. Alan Dean Foster, because Alan Dean Foster was down to be one of my interviews. That is one of the ones I've still got to get around to doing. And we've also got the audio book of We Don't Do Weddings, which we also spoke about on an earlier show. But that's that's on a CD. And we've also got the first ever Generation Skywalker mug. So you can make yourself a cup of tea before you ply through your books. So I thought you were the first ever Generation Skywalker mug. I mean, there's jokes, Dan, and then there's this going overboard, isn't there? That, that well, you're, you're about to tell us you've won the books as well, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> And Jez, there's no point texting me going, can I take out the Death Troopers? I've just got that text read message. my mind. <laughs> can, you, can you redo the list? Right, so we have, well, I haven't. Craig has spent the last hour inputting everyone who entered 
into um, some sort of random generator. Uh, Craig, can you now give us the winner? Hang on, let me just uh, do the thing. And it is, we've got a name, and it looks like it's Instagram. It's an Instagram person, and it is at Porkins underscore picture underscore puzzle. So Porkins picture puzzle. You've won a, a fat lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes. So um, we will get in touch with you at some point about these books. So, boys, the end of book month, any final thoughts? I mean, Jez, has has your reading come on? Uh, yeah, yeah, very much so. I uh, I uh, I now have an even bigger pile of books to read <laughs> to get around to reading. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, definitely getting amongst it and uh, and uh, learning more about the EU as well one day. Yeah, so I've yeah, I've not been I've not bought any Star Wars books in ages, so it's um, definitely uh, relit my fire. Get back into some of the EU, got some more collecting books and some more on the way. So great, yeah, it's been good. I just hope that uh, listeners and uh, followers have all enjoyed what we've been putting out this month. It's it's been a bit of work, and I hope that people kind of find the time to to you know go back and check out bits they might have missed because it's been coming thick and fast. But uh, yeah, let us know. Let us know what you think. Definitely something that we should return to. Maybe even if it is next September, different takes on the books and maybe some different voices. I've, I've joined Facebook groups which I wasn't involved in before completely different names i've never seen before in a very active community so you know it's, it's a different different area and um maybe get some different people on the show before we go let, let's just have a quick listen to just some of those little highlights from the last 30 days over the course of september we are having book month I, I heard through the grapevine, and there was quite a grapevine going on. There was not much in the way of Star Wars news or projects in development that we knew about in the uh, in the late 80s or early 90s. But I heard through the grapevine that Lucasfilm had restarted its publishing division and was thinking about doing a Star Wars price guide, an official Star Wars price guide. I found out who the head of the publishing division was and basically I cold called them and said if anybody does the Star Wars price guide it should be me and basically got the answer and and you are who? You get to 91 as the Empire comes out they're almost testing the water. I've seen the things where Lucasfilm sort of said, you know, kind of testing the water to see if the interest is still there. And obviously it was. So so when Air to Empire comes back and goes in at number one, and it was very much pitched as being the sequel to Return of the Jedi, that's kind of lost in the in the in the static these days, when Air Now and all the other film, you know, books and comics of that time are now legends, like you said a moment ago. When that came out, there was no doubt this was the sequel to Return of the Jedi. We weren't getting films, but we were getting books. If you remember, I always said that when Disney came on board, they can do whatever they want with the movies, but they better leave the books alone. So, yeah, the whole that much of a special piece of Yeah, but there are times where you kind of you do wonder. Barring the blue skin and the lack of hair, where Thrawn's 
like starts and Timothy's on ends and, and you know, so on and so forth. Harrison met George and Mark at Hamptons for lunch. Mark had previously told Harrison that neither the film nor George picked up the tab for lunch. It was strictly everyone on their own. Money was tight on the stalls and budget having continued to creep higher and higher, but this seems more from George's natural ways rather than budget truly necessitated. After all, how much could a few burgers add to the multi-million dollar budget? Goes on to say, at the end of the meal that, um, that day, the waiter put the check down on the table. Harrison reached over and picked it up. He turned to Mark Hamill and said, go ahead, you're done, go home. Don't worry about this, he said, waving the check. Mark said, are you sure? And Harrison nodded, so Mark said okay and left. Harrison slowly perused the check, nodding. Looks right to me. He put the check down in front of George, got up and headed for the door of the recording studio. I remember having to call Carrie Fisher and asking her whether uh, I could get her permission to uh, use the song. <laughs> what was her response to that? <laughs> oh, I don't care. <laughs> that, that awful thing, are you kidding? I don't care. And it really inspired me. And it's everything that's kind of led, everything that I've got today is kind of from started with this book. Killing Chewbacca off, if you read all the books at that point, it was kind of like chewing to the same thing over and over and over again. Han Solo was very poorly written. I don't know if, what you think about Han Solo's character Craig, but Han Solo a lot of the time was a tired man who would sit with a cup of calf watching things, didn't want to get involved in the, po- in the politics, went and had a punch up, come back, back on the calf, and he was just like that all the time. So the fact that we killed Chewie made his character better. And people were queuing up to get book signs, and you know he was doing his big book signings for his latest book. And uh, and I rock up with this tiny little thing, and uh, join the queue. And uh, he looks at me as if to say, "Brilliant, is that it? Thanks very much." Um, however, it's signed uh, with the force, Steve Santwee, 12th of April, 2015. So uh, Anaheim. But what's he great? Had to write that over like eight pages. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you got a magnifying glass. I study hard. There's a bit of scrapping. There's a clone made out of Luke's hand. There's some babies born. And then uh, Thrawn gets furloughed back to the outer rib on 80% pay. Perfect. With all of the knowledge, data and imagery you've amassed creating these books, you're pretty well placed to actually create an online resource that could probably blow the SWCA out of the water in terms of design and accessibility. Is this something that's ever been considered, discussed, or um, or would it be treading on too many toes? And Yes, we're working on one. Oh. We're working on a oh. database that will become part of the virtual museum. And so that's in our plans, and that's something that's uh, in the, the early stages. And... Uh, and I'm confident that it will that it will happen. Well, lads, uh, really enjoyed that. October back to normal. Be interesting to see what we go because I know there is a few different types of shows in the offering coming. So, uh, but it is for this month. Well, this book month. It is goodbye from Dan. Goodbye. Goodbye from Craig. Cheerio. Good night from little Jez. Good night, everyone. I hope there's no hard feelings, Jez. I feel like you're a little bit tetchy tonight. But <laughs> I, I can forgive you for what you've said. And uh, 
It is good night from me. We are Generation Skywalker. Thank you.